morning. Lift them up and repeat after me. Say, this is my Bible. Every word in it is true. I am who it says I am. I can do what it says I can do. Today, I'll be taught God's Word. It's His truth and transforming every part of my life. And I'll never be the same. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So good to see you guys on this uh, Easter resurrection morning. And uh, excited to be able to share a message with you guys today. We've been in a series over the last few weeks called Uncommon. We've talked about uncommon patients, different types of things that are uncommon. Uh, today we're going to talk about an uncommon Savior, how what Jesus did is different, but what he expects of us is a little bit different. Things with him sometimes are unexpected. And I think we need to understand that that's what really Easter is about. See, when Jesus came, he didn't do anything like we thought he should. You know, he came as the, the king of the universe was born and laid in a manger, the last place that you would think that a king would be born. He went through life and he was humble and, and he never sinned. I mean, he, the Bible tells us there wasn't anything about him in the way he looked that would draw us to him. He was just like us. He was common in that way. And yet in his death and more importantly in his resurrection, he was very uncommon. Uh, but it reminds me when I think about this, this time and what Easter really is about because I think some of us don't understand. Sunday school teacher went in. She had some little bitty, little bitty ones in her class, and she went in and asked them and said, Okay, class, I want to talk today about Easter. And she said, Sally, why don't you tell me what does Easter mean? And Sally said, Well, you know, Easter is that special time of year where we put up a tree and we put presents around the tree and we open it up on Easter morning, and she goes, oh, sweetie, that's not it. And so she looked over at little Billy, and she said, Billy, what do you think Easter is? And he says, oh, I love Easter time. We all get in the car, and we load up, and we go to grandmother's house, and we have turkey, and we're very thankful. And she goes, no, that's not it. And she looked over at little Johnny, and she said, Johnny, do you know what Easter is? He says, oh, yes, ma'am, I sure do. She said, Easter is the time of year that is the Jewish Passover. And it was the time that Jesus got with his disciples and they were eating the Last Supper, which we just saw. And later he was deceived by one of his disciples and he was turned over to the Romans. He was beaten, they crucified him, and they laid him in a tomb. She thought, wow, he's really got it. He said, oh, but that's not all. On the third day, they rolled the stone back and Jesus walked out. And he saw his shadow, and he said, there's six more weeks of winter. <laughs> and the teacher quit right after that. <laughs> but I think sometimes for many of us, and, and I'll be honest, the reason I picked that story is I asked myself a question this week as I was preparing. How do I really view Jesus? I mean, how does Chris Clem, how does Pastor Chris, when I'm just thinking about who Jesus is, how do I view him? And I came to this conclusion, and I'm going to read this scripture that's going to kind of tell you how I feel, but I think a lot of us probably feel this way. In John chapter 3, verses 16 through 17, John 6, 3, 16, obviously one of the most famous verses in the Bible. This is Jesus talking to one of the religious leaders. Here's what he said. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. And, and so when, I, when that scripture came to my mind and I began to think about who I think Jesus is, that's how I picture Jesus. I picture Jesus 
as Savior. I picture Jesus as the one who came and who suffered uh, my punishment, who was beaten, all the stripes that he took, he hung on the cross and he died for me. And you know what, guys? That is absolutely true. That is who he is. But can I show you something today? Do we have a picture of a cross, Becky, that you can put up here for me? I want you guys to know something. Do you see that cross? What's missing on that cross? Jesus. He's not there anymore. See, he hung on that cross and he died. And that cross is an amazing symbol. As a matter of fact, I have a cross that my mom gave me. Many of you in this room wear a cross around your neck. And we have crosses everywhere that remind us of Jesus' sacrifice. But the truth is, he's no longer there, guys. He's no longer there. There's an empty tomb in Jerusalem that bears fact to the witness that he is risen. And the fact that he has risen is why we can live. It is awesome that he suffered and he died for us. He paid that price for us. But it's more amazing and more important that he rose again. Because when he did that, he conquered death, hell, and the grave. But I think many of us don't ever get past the cross. We think of him as Savior. We think of him as mercy and grace. And he absolutely is all of those things. But he is also the risen Lord. You know, one of the pictures up here you saw as everybody sitting here on Jesus' right, on your left, was John. Uh, Marshall was playing the the Apostle John, and and John was close to Jesus. As a matter of fact, in the book of John, whenever he talks about himself, he never really gives his name. He said, the disciple whom Jesus loved. And John was, was one of the inner three of Jesus. He was really, really close to Jesus. But later in his life, Um, John wrote the book of Revelation, and when he did, it talks about in a moment, he sees Jesus not only as Savior, but he sees him, it's revealed to him, Dr. Chambers, as Lord. And here's what the Bible says. When John sees Jesus as Lord, he falls and he faints like a dead man. It wasn't this meek, lowly Savior that was beaten and suffered. It was a resurrected Christ that now is not only Messiah, he is king. And that's a different ballgame, folks. And when I began to realize and really question myself about who he is, I had to really answer the question, do I see him not only as Savior, but do I see him as Lord? Well, I can tell you right after Jesus was crucified, the disciples scattered like most of us would. And they ran and they hid. The Bible tells us they hid because they were in fear of what the Jews would do if they found him. They were scared they were going to crucify him or kill him like they did Jesus. And on one morning, Easter morning, one of the ladies got up and went down to check on the tomb, to go check on her Lord. And as she gets down there, the stones rolled away. And Jesus Jesus wasn't looking for a shadow, was he? He was risen. And the angel said, he's not here. And there were soldiers laying around as if they were dead. And she ran back and said, he's alive. And over the next 40 days, Jesus appeared not only to the disciples, to many other people. And he talked about the resurrection. And he talked about it. And he began to empower them and teach them. And, and everything was beginning to change for them. But Jesus gave them a commandment. He said, I'm leaving. I'm going home. But I want you to stay in Jerusalem and tarry there until the Holy Spirit comes. And then he said this. This is in Acts chapter 1, 
verse 8. He says, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And the Bible tells us that the day of Pentecost had come, and they were all gathered in the room, and the Holy Spirit fell on the place, and tongues of fire came over them, and they began to speak in other tongues, but they were filled with the Holy Spirit. Well, remember, when all of this occurred was during the Passover. Jews from all around the known world had come to Jerusalem to celebrate the Passover. And so there were different nationalities there and different, different people groups that were there. And the disciples walked out among them and the Holy Spirit had filled them. And they began to speak in these other tongues. And people said what people always do when folks have encounters with Jesus. They're drunk or crazy. You know, how many of you have had an encounter with Christ and your friend said, dude, what's wrong with you? You seem different. And so these guys now had this encounter, not just guys, some of the ladies too, had this encounter with the Holy Spirit and he began to move on their lives. And Peter, now think about this, guys. Please understand, when we think of the disciples sometimes, we think there's something special about them. But the truth is they're just people. They're people like me and you that have had an encounter with Jesus and everything has changed. And these same group of men and women that were in a crowded room because they were scared of anybody knowing where they were are now out in the wide open. And they're beginning to share the love of God with these crowds. And so everybody's looking at them and wondering what in the world is going on. And Peter, the apostle Peter, the one who is a fisherman, we don't have any evidence that Peter had ever given a sermon up until this point. And he stands up in front of thousands of people. And this is what he says. He raised his voice and said to all these people, men of Judea and all who dwell in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to my words. For these people are not drunk, as you suppose, since it's only the third hour of the day. It was 9 o'clock in the morning. But this is what has been spoken about by the prophet Joel, and, and, and he tells them about the prophecy, prophecy that the Spirit is going to come upon people. And then he says this, fellow Israelites in Acts chapter 2, listen to this, and he's going to tell them about Jesus. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, which God did among you through him, as you yourselves know. See, these were the same group of people that Jesus had showed up and they'd heard about him raising Lazarus from the dead. They'd seen him lay hands on the sick. They'd seen him do these miracles. This was also the same group of people that not too long ago had hailed Jesus as king when he came into the city. This man, Jesus, was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan. It was God's plan and foreknowledge. And then he says this, and you, with the help of wicked men, talking about the Romans, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But watch this. See, he doesn't stop there. See, many of us, we stop right there. But God, verse 24, raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Why could death not keep him there? Why couldn't death keep him in the tomb? King David, the prophecy had been given to King David that told him that one day the Messiah would come in his family and his descendants would sit on the throne forever. Seeing, verse 31 in Acts 2 says, Seeing what was to come, 
David spoke of the resurrection of the Messiah, that he was not abandoned to the realm of the dead, nor would his body see decay. God has raised this Jesus, Peter said, to life. And we are all witnesses of it. We've seen him. Exalted to the right hand of God, he has received from the Father the promised Holy Spirit and has poured out what you see and hear right now. So here's what Peter is saying. God sent Jesus to die for us. See, Jesus had been telling them for quite a while that he was coming to suffer and die, but they didn't want to hear it. They thought he was going to restore the kingdom. He was going to kick the Romans out, and he was going to be this Messiah that would deliver them, but they didn't understand the way he was going to do it. And can I just tell you something? We, I was talking to somebody this morning. Guys, the way God does things is usually not the way you think he should. The way he does things is usually not the way we think he should do them. And this is such an incredible example of that. That we see here that Jesus had to come and take the form of a servant. Jesus is up here washing Peter's feet, the king of the universe. Can I ask you something? Would you want Jesus to wash your feet? I mean, think about that. And it was worse back then because they're walking around in sandals or barefoot. And Jesus said, do you see what I've done? I'm among you as one who serves. The king of the universe is among us as one who serves, and he expects us to do the same thing. And so Peter's saying, he didn't come like you thought. He didn't do what we thought. We thought he was going to reestablish the kingdom. But it's not the way we thought because it's about salvation. It's about me and you. It's about our sin. And then he looks at him and he says, and he was delivered to you and you killed him. Can I ask you a question today? Have you ever been caught doing something you shouldn't have been doing? <laughs> yeah, no, somebody's shaking their head. You did right then, see? <laughs> Imagine for a moment, Peter gets up and talks, and the light switch goes on for these people, and there's the revelation. That, remember, this is the same group that are going, kill him. Give us Barabbas. There were some of these same people in this crowd that are standing there spitting on him, cursing him. If you're the son of God, come off the cross. And then the light goes on and they realize, we just killed the son of God. Guess what? So did we. We did too. See, the reason he hung on that cross was for our sin, for what you and I have both done. And I want you to imagine for a moment, just a moment, on that Friday when Jesus hung on that cross and the, the sin of the entire world, past, present, and future, was laid on him. And the Bible tells us in that moment that God turned his face away from his son because he couldn't bear to look on that. And that was because of me and you. We're just as guilty as they are. And it wasn't a mistake. The Jews wanted to kill him, but they couldn't because of the Roman law. And so they, they set him up and handed him to the Romans. And if you're a Gentile today, that's us. It was all of us. And now the light comes on. And here's what he says. Verse 36, Acts 2. He says, Therefore... Let all Israel be assured of this. God has made this Jesus, and watch what he says here, 
whom you crucified, both Lord and Messiah. Both Lord and Messiah. And I want to let this point sink in for a minute because this is the point of the sermon today. This is where I think there's a disconnect. And the disconnect is this. I see Jesus as Savior, but a lot of times I don't see him as Lord. See, I want the forgiveness, and I want the grace, and I want the mercy, but I also want to do whatever I want to do. Anybody with me? Thank you. Because the truth is, I know I need forgiveness. And, and I've had those encounters with Christ where my sin was so open to me and I realized that I needed a Savior. And guys, the Scripture tells us that God has put, in Old Testament, it says God has put eternity in every heart. Every person knows there's more. I don't care if they're an atheist or not. They know there is something inside of us that says, this didn't just happen. And it's because God has placed that eternity in our hearts. But, but for so many of us, we try to find salvation in so many different ways. We try to find God. And, and really the definition of religion, here's the definition of religion. Religion is God's search for man. That's what religion is. But you know the difference between religion and faith, our tr- the truth of Christianity? It's not that we were looking for God. It's that he was looking for us. See, my Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. It also says that while we were sinners, Christ died for us. And I think maybe the most amazing words, in my opinion, that Jesus ever spoke was when he was hanging on the cross and we were crucifying him. And he says, Father, forgive them because they don't know what they're doing. How do you do that? I mean, some of you have had people hurt you. Some of you have had people betray you. Some of you have had terrible things happen to you. And and it's so hard to think of how do I forgive this person that has done that. And yet Jesus is able to look past our sin and see us. He's able to look in here and see who we really are, regardless of what rebellion we've done. Regardless of the sin. And I just want to tell you today, whether you're somebody that's been going to church since you were born, or this is your first time. Hear hear the voice of God for you as he loves you. And you cannot out-sin God's grace. You can't outrun his mercy. He is the Messiah. And whether you receive him or not, he's still Savior. But I want to tell you today, he is also Lord. And I think it's so important for us, for those of you today that are believers, that, that do know Jesus that you know him, you need to surrender him not just as Savior, but as Lord. Let me tell you what that looks like. How many of you drive a car? Okay. How many of you want to drive a car? (laughs) What that means is making him Lord is giving him the keys. Lord, here's my life. I'll go where you want me to go. I'll be who you want me to be. I'm giving you the decisions. You're my savior, but I want to make you my Lord because he is that. He is that. So here's what happened. Maybe some of you are experiencing the exact same thing right now. Here's what Peter said. When the people heard this, when they got it, when the light came on, 
they were cut to the heart, it says. And they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what shall we do? What shall we do? When the truth of who we are, when the reality of our sin hits us and we realize that we're standing before a holy God and we realize our sin, what shall we do? This is what Peter said. Repent and be baptized. Turn away from your sin. Be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. This promise, now listen to this, what an amazing thing here. This promise is for you and for your children and for all who are far off, for all whom the Lord God will call. It's for everybody. This forgiveness is for everybody. And with many words he warned them and he pleaded with them and he said, save yourselves from this corrupt generation. Those who accepted his message were baptized. Listen to this. And about 3,000 people were added to the number that day. Can I just tell you, if you're a pastor today, that's not a bad first sermon, guys. (laughs) But you know what he really was just saying? He was just sharing from his heart. Because see, even the disciples didn't really understand who he was until after. And now he's risen. And now he is Lord. My favorite image of Jesus, my favorite image, is where Jesus is telling the story of having a hundred sheep and one of them wandering away. Now think about this. This is the creator of the universe. This is the creator of you. The Bible tells us that every hair on your head is numbered. If you're bald, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, he said back hair, and that's gross, okay? (laughs) But you know what Jesus was saying? I know every cell of your body. You know what else the Bible tells us? That he knows our name. (laughs) He knows our name. And I love that scripture where it says, for God so loved the world. But can I just tell you something? God loves you uniquely. You know, we have three kids, and now we have Austin, and we have four, and now we've got this one that's like eight foot tall. Every one of them's different, but we love every one of them the same. And I don't care if you're right up next to Jesus right now. He loves you so much. But if you're like that one sheep that's wandered off in the middle of nowhere, he loves you too. And you know, I love, one of the things I love about Jesus, our Savior and our Lord is that he meets us right where we are. I wrote this out this week. The creator of the universe, the creator of the universe came to save you. And he's not scared to get his hands dirty. He was born in a barn. (laughs) He's not scared to get out in the dirt with you like the woman caught in adultery where Jesus got down in the dirt beside her. He's not scared to reach into the sickness that you have like he touched a leper, someone whose skin's falling off and Jesus reached over and touched him. 
He's not scared of your position because he talked to governors and chief priests and high priests and religious leaders. He dealt with them too because he loves them just as much as he loves me and you. He said, I've never found more faith than I saw in a Roman centurion, the people that were persecuting their people. You know what that tells me? He loves us all. And Wayne, he's willing to get down right where you're at back alley, as far away as you think you can run, he is right there. And Jesus told these folks, he said, if you've got a hundred sheep and one of them goes away, you know what the good shepherd does? He leaves the 99 and he goes and finds the one. I don't know about you, but there's a lot of times I've been the one. And aren't you glad he came to find you? You didn't discover Jesus. He was looking for you. (laughs) Right where you are. Thank you, Lord, for the cross. But, Lord, thank you for the empty tomb. And I want you to know, guys, he is your Savior, but he is the Lord. He is the Lord of your circumstance. He is King of kings and Lord of lords. And regardless of what you're dealing with today, regardless of your background or where you're at, I want you to receive him as Savior, absolutely. But I want you to receive him as Lord, too. He's Lord of your sickness. He can touch you. He's Lord of your past. He can heal you. And he's Lord of your future. He has a plan for you. And the Bible tells us it's a good plan. Not an evil plan. A plan of good. And it's a future and a hope that's in it. You know, I have business degrees. And one of the things they taught me was what a good deal looks like. And I've seen bad deals. Anybody ever had a bad deal? But can I tell you what a good deal looks like? Here's what a good deal looks like. I'm going to take all your sin, all your past, and I'm going to take it on myself so that you can be free. Jesus, what does that cost? What's the catch? Receive me as Savior and Lord. Confess with your mouth and believe with your heart that he's the Son of God and you will be saved. Believe and be baptized. You say, Pastor, that doesn't make sense. That's too good of a deal. The reason, Let me tell you something. Y'all listen to me. Let me tell you why it's such a good deal. Because it cost him everything. The reason it's easy for you is because it was hard for him. I'm going to say that again. The reason it's easy for you is because it was hard for him. In these next few moments, we're going to sing a little bit. But I want you to know, I want you to take this time of worship and just really praise him. Some of you, you can stand if you want to. You can stay seated. That doesn't matter. But what I want you to do uniquely is not worry about anybody around you and just allow God to search your heart and see where you are with him, with this Jesus. Amen.
Is the name 
tell you, this isn't about religion, guys. It's not. It's about truth. You know, and I hope today, maybe some of you for the first time, maybe some of you for the first time in a long time, remember that. There was a manger. There was a cross. There was a tomb. But the tomb is empty for you. If you're here today and, and you've never received Jesus as your Savior, I can't think of a better time. This is your day. So if you're here today, nobody looking around for a minute, everybody just be in an attitude of prayer. If you're here today and you want to receive Jesus as Savior, just slip up your hand and say, Pastor, that's me. Maybe you're here today and you're a Christian. And maybe Jesus is Savior, but he's not been Lord. And the truth is you've been doing your own thing. And you know you're not where you need to be. Let me just tell you something. There's no judgment in this place because we are all there at different times. But it's not an accident you're here today. So if that's you, believer you want to come back home. You want to put Jesus back in rightful place. You want him to be Lord, not just Savior. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, Pastor, that's me. That's me. Amen. 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 I see your hands. You can put your hands down. You know, I'm going to do something today. And I'm not trying to embarrass you. But if you wouldn't mind, if you raised your hand or maybe you didn't and you knew you needed to, would you just step down and come out here real quick? I just want to pray over you. I can promise you, everybody in this room is for you. Amen. 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 I have some leaders come up. I want everybody, somebody behind everybody. tell you something guys this is what it's about this is where life starts because I know a lot of these people in this room and they've been standing exactly where you are but when we run and we do our own thing it just doesn't work it doesn't work but we have a savior and we have a lord and if we'll cooperate with him if we'll walk with him he's got an amazing plan for each one of our lives so here's what I want us to do. Just right now, just take your hand, put your hand on your heart. Nothing magical about this. It just gets us focused on where we need to be. And let's all pray this together. Say, Lord Jesus, thank you so much for dying for me. And thank you for rising again. I'm asking you, Lord, to be my Savior, but to be my Lord today giving you my heart. Be king of my life. Change me from the inside out. Thank you so much. Let me tell you something, guys. If you prayed that and you meant it, that was you and you meant that today, let me tell you something. Everything begins to change. You know, if you look around this room, there's not any perfect people in here. And if you're wondering if that's true, I know most of them, and they're way not perfect. 
They don't have a perfect pastor either. But we have a perfect Savior. And if you'll let him, he'll help you. And he'll walk with you. And he'll take care of you. And you know, you know, you know, just let him. Let him be Lord. Father, I speak a blessing over all these people here, Lord. I just pray, Jesus, that as they've come forward today, Father, you said if we wouldn't deny you before men, you wouldn't deny us before your Father. And so, Lord, as they've been brave and come down today, I pray that you would lift them up. Holy Spirit, that you would fill them and strengthen them. Change their forever and let it start right now. And we thank you for that. In Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Come on, guys.
ashes of defeat the resurrected king is resurrecting me in your name i come alive to declare your victory the resurrected king is resurrecting me by your spirit i will rise from the ashes of resurrected King is resurrecting me. In your name I come alive to declare your victory. The resurrected King is resurrecting me. By your Spirit I will rise from the ashes of the Savior for us. God, in this moment, on this day, we don't think about what happened, but we think about why it happened, why you sent your son to die for us. And it's just found in the simple fact that you love each and every person that is here, that you sent Jesus to die for each and every person here this morning. And we thank you for that. Lord, I pray that as we move through this day and through this week and through this year, God, that we would keep that at the forefront of our minds, that you died for us, that you died for me. And we thank you for that. And in your name we pray. Amen. Thank you so much for joining us for Easter. Uh, that concludes our service. Um, Pastor Chris and Trisha are out front, so if you're new with us, Go say hi to them. They'd love to meet you. And uh, it's also Trisha's birthday today, so make sure you say happy birthday to her. So with that being said, y'all are dismissed. Have a great week.
Like making 